It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama. making us part of your regular routine we're here for you a few times a week this is going to be what the thursday show so uh yeah maybe we'll do one tomorrow i don't know we took an extra day because uh i celebrated a birthday sort of here, here. Morales, yes along with him sam jam packard it was supposed to be a tripod but jay king bailed uh last minute to go play some basketball so that's a, that's a late July podcast for you. You can't blame him. Uh, Jay King's addicted to getting buckets, and uh, yeah. he's going to try no matter uh, no matter what's happening. That's it. You know those buckets, they're not going to get themselves. So Jay's got to go get them. So while Jay does that, we're going to talk about Gordon Hayward. We're going to talk about uh, Jared Sollinger. Maybe mix in some of your questions. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of Kevin Love, real quick at the end at some point. But uh, that's. Uh, that's going to be the rundown of things. So why don't we start with Gordon Hayward, who put out a little update on his website. Well, someone on his team did, and they kept calling him G-Time. Well, let me just start with saying <laughs> G-Time as a nickname sucks. It, it, I'm sorry. I, I know that people get on us, Jam, for our nicknames. And, and hey, we, our nicknames are funny and original and quirky. That nickname's just sure. crappy. G time is just. I, I am not on board. G time, and I, I'm I'm afraid they're going to keep trying to force yeah. us, force us down the. Uh, <laughs> Yo, did Jay uh, King just come out of nowhere? What? So him and uh, yeah, you gave me a call, so I had to call you back. <laughs> oh, nice gully kid, swooping in. This is great because we're recording this, and this is all going to go into the podcast. Yeah, what's your yeah, thoughts you're... on G time? <laughs> G time, I would re- prefer G baby. Uh, <laughs> G G time is fine. G G money. No, it's not fine. G time is terrible. G G what? Uh, just call him Gordo. Gordo is fine. Gordo is fine. Something something not G time is fine. I'm up any other. So are you balling out there or what? Yeah, I'm I'm in the gym right now. I got I had to get scooped up for a men's league squad. Uh, my little oh. brother's men's league squad. So I'm playing with some young bucks. Uh, Are you the podcast? You should do that. You should get a wireless headset, and while you're playing, you should podcast. The lavalier mic while I'm <laughs> while I'm hooping. As long as you got <laughs> the doohickeys on them. <laughs> Jake King wired for sound. That would actually be hilarious. Mic'd up would, with Jake King. How many times do you just be yelling buckets? Not not many these days. <laughs> not, not many. Not as many as I used to, man. Well, yeah, G time. We'll I, I, I did like I did like the entertainment factor of G time rather than just Hayward or Gordon. You know, it, it was something interesting to spice up a 
boring ass blog post. Oh, did you say? Did you guys say Gordon Hayward wrote a boring ass blog post? I'm shocked. No, to, no, I'm shocked no. to hear you say that. One of the squids who works for him did. <laughs> oh, so it's not even it's not even the main guy. Hand up. I didn't I didn't read it. I just saw people tweeting about it. I think I've been, come out pretty strongly in this one about uh, I don't care for Gordon Hayward's writing or uh, blog posts about his rehab process. Yeah. Well, I got 40 seconds till tip off, so I got to run. So, so, sorry for ditching you guys last second. I did not in, intend to play in this game. Hey, this. But I'm actually well, the, I'm actually the fourth right now. We're gonna be playing four and five. It looks like. Well, that's okay because you get enough buckets for two men. <laughs> I'm fat. I'm as fat as two men. <laughs> Go get them, Che time. <laughs> All right, see you, fellas. I like that little cameo. There you go. We should do more King there. little drop-ins of Jay King every now and then. <laughs> the kids swooping in for a quick a quick aside. We should do surprise uh, calls from now on where the other two just call the um, the other one. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Just <laughs> randomly just show up in the middle of a ra- – that'd be awesome. Quick update. Yeah, we should do that. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah. That Gordon Hayward, I didn't, I didn't read it. I didn't, uh, I've been kind of out on it because uh, the last one was so boring. Well, <laughs> I didn't even read the last one. <laughs> I know, I know. And now I, as a capital J journalist, here and reading these for the information and not for the spicy takes that I might have. Uh, basically, all this one says is he's running without pain. Uh, oh, to, dope. <laughs> yeah. To quote, complete linear sprints and come to a full stop without any pain. Linear sprints. Talk to running. me. Sprints. Talk to me when you can do a nonlinear sprint, though, you know? It's like I don't, need, I don't need to be updated through every part of the process. And this is weird because, like, I am so in on Gordon Hayward, the player. Like, I think he's going to be the Celtics' best player next year. Uh, I think he has the most overall talent. I don't care for, like, my love for him is strictly on the court. Uh, Anything off the court with him really doesn't uh, compel me. 
I'm also not a gamer, and so I don't, I don't know. I have no connect, emotional connection to uh, Gordon Hayward. No, I'm, uh, I, I agree. I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, the one thing that I am is a sneaker guy, and the one thing that I hope for that I, that I hope does not happen that I've seen is that I hope it does not go to New Balance just, just because I think that's just a bad decision. It's kind of on-brand. I, uh, I, I want him to go off-brand on this one. I really... But I think the last thing Boston needs is Gordon Hayward wearing New Balances on the floor. I just want him to stick to the Nikes. Go out there in your hyper dunks and, and play basketball. Please, Gordon, just stick to the Nikes. Let's not invite that kind of crap. Oh, so you don't want uh, New Balance because of, of safety concerns? You don't think they can support that new ankle of his? Well, I, I, think, I think there's a New Balance. Uh, I don't trust it's like I don't buy the first model of a new car. Like I never trust the first model of a new car. You got to work out the kinks, and no matter how much testing there is, practical use is different. And I don't want crappy New Balance basketball sneakers. Sorry, New Balance. I'm, hey, look, if you want to sponsor the podcast, maybe I'll change my tune. A little bit of cash can influence my decision making here, but I don't want first generation New Balance kicks on this dude's feet or any guy's feet for that matter. I want it, I want those things tested properly, and just New Balance as a whole. I, I just it invites comments from the peanut gallery that I just do not want. So oh, I'm generally I, I'm amused happy. by the the peanut gallery comments. But you're right. I didn't realize there's like the the first generation shoe thing. Like generally, yeah. I have faith in them to do it, but it's just a you don't want to invite that kind of pressure. It makes sense. I'll run in New Balance. I have I have running shoes. I, I'm I'm currently not running because of various knee issues. But I when I do run, I I wear a variety of shoes. New Balance definitely makes some high quality running shoes. You hear that, New Balance? <laughs> yeah, we love you. So that's it. Just throwing that out there as a as a kind of rectifying past bad comments. But anyway, no. But seriously, they do make good running shoes. I, I their their effort is to wake their dormant basketball uh, shoe division, which they said flat out. So don't you uh, think Gordon Hayward's the perfect guy though? They have the practice facility right next to the corporate headquarters. They're the think of the synergy. My God. Hmm. Yeah. Um. They can you know go to like Brad Wanamaker or something. Tice. Start I think there. they can get Tice. They like, Tice. get that European market. Yeah. Sure, sure, go for that. Uh, but as far as Gordon's recovery, I think he looks good. I don't know, you saw the Instagram video. He's out there doing his little step backs. He's doing his, you know, posting up. He looks like he's getting ready to play basketball. If you if you saw that that Instagram video and you had been abducted by aliens for the past year, you'd say, okay, he's getting ready for the season. He's back in the gym and he's, and he's practicing. So he looks he looks good. He looks like a normal basketball player which is good. So I'm excited and I'm with you. I'm very bullish on Gordon Hayward's recovery. I think that he's going to come back better. I've, I've said this a million times. I think as long as he's mentally ready and he's mentally capable of doing things like going up for alley-oops without fear of injury, I'm a big believer that Gordon Hayward is going to come back and be a potential Eastern Conference starter in the All-Star game. He's like the he's the scoring ability of Kyrie Irving and the versatility of uh, Al Horford. He's the perfect kind of mixture between them. I think he's just gonna Brad playing him alongside uh, Brown and Tatum and all the other switchable uh, people the Celtics have. I think it's gonna be like perfect. I'm 
I'm so in on Hayward the player. Hayward the blogger. Uh, not no. for me. And apparently uh, he's not a very good shoe salesman. No, I'm, I'm, I would. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and his nickname is terrible. Let's, uh, let's move on because the other thing that we haven't talked about yet this week is Jared Sullinger, who came out and basically admitted that he, quote, fucked it up in Boston. He said that basically when he was here, uh, he, I'll read the quote. I was trying to be a man, but in reality, I was a boy. Uh, he said, I was young and I got tired of people telling me what to do. And basically, I fucked up. And and we know that he had trouble with his weight. And, and I think growing up as the youngest Sullinger, he probably had a lot of very good basketball people. It's a very good basketball family telling him what to do over and over and over again. I think that by the time he became the most successful of the basketball Sullingers, he was like, you know what? I've surpassed all of you. None of you can say a damn thing to me. I'm making money. I'm making millions. And, and I don't have to listen to anybody. That's how I read this piece. And he basically ate himself out of the league. Uh, I don't know if what you think. I think he's still got time at 26 years old. If this is the beginning of a recovery and uh, a resurgence, I think he's still got time to carve out somewhat of an NBA career. Uh, I don't know if he has time. Like, um, There's so many good players that are entering the league like every single year, and they're just younger and more athletic. He's definitely had a lot of talent, and he had some really good, great moments for the Celtics. I think it's correct that he just like wasn't able to control his weight, and the, there's always like stories about his diet and him um, really struggling with that. And like he, they, he would eat fruits and vegetables, but then he'd end up eating like 15 bananas or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to eat right, but I'm just eating too much. Um, I don't know. I thought he had some really good moments as a Celtic, and it, uh, he great rebounder. He was Yabu's ass before Yabu's ass. I mean, he uh, if he just like worked on his game and uh, was able to shoot the three more consistently, he was the king of the long twos. Um, I think he could have done something, but I feel like now he's 26. He has uh, weight issues. It's just going to be harder for him to get back into the league. I mean, I respect him for like the self awareness and being able to admit to that. Like that takes. Some people might be still be making excuses or blaming other people, but I like respect him for owning up to it. I don't know if he could make it back. I wish him all the best, but there, I just think there's like every year there's so many guys. We saw them all in summer league. Like a lot of those guys aren't going to make uh, an NBA roster, and those guys are going to like are younger, more athletic, and probably more skilled than uh, 26-year-old Jared Sullinger at this point. Well, I mean, that, that's a fair enough point. Uh, I do think that he has enough of the skills that you need to to be somewhat successful in the NBA. I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to be a starter anymore, but I think he could carve out a potential bench role somewhere. He's a, he's still a good rebounder, I think. Uh, he positions himself well defensively. He certainly is not going to block a lot of shots, but he will take charges. Uh, he passes pretty well. And if he just can get that shot, that range down, I mean, I don't think he ever shot better than 20-something percent from three. And, and that obviously isn't going to cut it. If he can if he can get that shot somewhat more consistent and he can keep that weight off, I think he can he can do pretty well. Look, all, all it will take is Jared Sullinger signing a summer league contract with somebody. And that immediately draws a big spotlight to him 
if if he goes to Las Vegas. I mean, all of a sudden, Sullinger's return will be a huge, huge storyline. To and I think that's enough to kind of get a lot of attention. Who knows? Who knows? I I, I think from what I remember of him that he's got potential. He's got the ability, but we'll see. I but again, first things first. Admitting things, as the cliche goes, admitting it is the first step. And if he knows that he screwed up and he can kind of develop better habits and get himself in a better place mentally, then I think he that, that's a, a huge first, first step to getting him back into the league. And all, all it takes is a summer league invite for him to show what he's got. And if he goes out there and dominates in summer league, then I think teams will say, oh, okay, all right, we'll, we'll give him a chance. At least give him a training camp deal. Hopefully for him, but, you know, it's just, are, are you a team and you're giving Jared Sollinger a young chance or like the 18-year-old kid who could have more potential and like blossom into something? I don't know. It's going to, I think it's going to be really tough. It's really tough to get back in the league, especially like once teams have already, like a few guys have gone to like overseas in China and then like been able to come back and still sustain a career, but uh, it's possible. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we're going to get to your questions in a second. One little note here. Kadeem Allen, who was cut by the Celtics, signed to the New York Knicks uh, on an apparent training camp deal. So hey, good, uh, for good luck. Kadeem Allen, good luck to you. Uh, Jabari Bird still kind of hanging out there as a restricted free agent. Don't know what he's going to do. My guess, if I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the Celtics are going to try to keep him on a two-way contract with maybe a kind of promise that if we can clear up enough space to get under the tax, that maybe they'll convert him to an NBA contract later on. That, that's just a total guess, but I think that makes sense. The Celtics probably trying to work deals to get under the tax line. Speaking of, we, I don't think we've spoken about the, the Fab Nader trade. Oh, my God, no. Huge Nader trade. Oh my huge God. news. At first we thought he was gone, and then he was traded. It was wild. It was different. Well, yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of funny that Danny Ainge, basically, the Celtics say we're going to waive this guy, and then another team goes, no, 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 hold on, we we'll we'll give you something for him. I don't, I didn't realize like OKC who was over the tax, like they they traded for Nader, they must actually like Abdel Nader. They must actually think that he can help them because they to to take him. Even with $450,000 guaranteed, that under the tax, because they're over the tax, and a repeater, that's going to that's gonna cost them a lot more to waive them unless the Celtics just gave him gave them cash. And I didn't hear any uh, I think cash the Celtics, going No, over. the Celtics, I think, did pay them. I, I think Fred Katz tweeted that out, that the Celtics did end up paying okay. them, I think, like $450,000. Okay, well, that neighbor's not, he's 000, like... But- People hate Ab Nader. Like Celtics Twitter was uh, not a fan, but he has some like there are good qualities about him. He was D League Rookie of the Year. Maybe it's just a different uh, context and it works out for him. Um, it's a real nothing move because it's gonna have zero impact on the roster. But uh, good for uh, Abdul Nader. Like I think sure. he has some game. He like he yes, he did miss four free throws in a row, but he's a, like a pretty good shooter. He can get his head down and get to the basket. He needs to like be better on defense, but. He was our 15th man last year, and, like, of, of course people didn't like it when he was playing. If he was playing, there's usually things going, like, poorly. Like, um, so I, I was always a more pro-Nader than the average fan. 
look, he was a second round pick. So we got to understand, we got to cut him a little bit of slack that guys selected down where he was selected in the second round. Like he, he's the fact that he was even sniffing an NBA roster at that point is, is good. Like that's, that's better than expected. So I think sometimes I agree that people might've been a little bit too hard on him. Again, I think OKC brought him in to actually give him a shot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got a, a shot at training camp and an opportunity to make that team. So good luck to Abdel Nader. Cool. Are we getting the questions, the mailbag time? Let's do it. Mailbag it. All right. We only have a few today because this was an impromptu question, but this is from Brian Murphy at MurphVT. Was Bain's flirtation with corner threes just something for the playoffs to expose something against Milwaukee, Philadelphia, or Cleveland, or will it be a part of our offensive model in 2018-2019? What do you think about Bain's in the corner? I love it. I love it. I, and we, we saw him take more corner threes during the season. Like, he started to take them. The difference in the playoffs is that, for some reason, they just started to fall. And he just kept on shooting them, and they basically kept on falling. So I, I don't think he's going to go out there and I don't think they're going to play like a five out with Baines, but I think he's going to keep on taking them whenever he's left alone in the corner and people dare him to shoot. I think, and, and he's got a nice touch. I don't, I don't see any reason why he can't shoot threes from the corner at a somewhat decent rate. I mean, I'm not talking about like league, league average or anything like that, but, Enough where you got to be like, oh, okay, we can't just completely leave him alone and give him warm up corner threes. Yeah, no, I'm all four corner beans. It's clearly something he was working on all year. Like in in warm ups, he's shooting uh, threes constantly. Probably just got more and more comfortable with it as the year went on. I fully endorse it. I think the Celtics' offense is the best when they have more space. And I just, I wouldn't be. There's no reason why he would stop shooting threes, if it's especially like he probably is riding like the most three-point confidence he's ever had coming off those playoffs. Totally. Keep shooting. Keep firing, Aaron Baines. This is from Patrick at Patrick S1591. What kind of step do you see Semi taking this year? Shemi Ojale, I think, will be you know incrementally better. I don't think he's going to take a huge step, but he's he's going to be in there for his defense for sure. And I think he's going to get his opportunities to catch and shoot threes. And, and I don't know. I know in summer league he was working on catching and driving and maybe distributing a little bit. Maybe he'll he'll show a little bit more of that. But I think his his biggest impact this year will be an increment incremental improvement defensively where I think he's just going to be a little bit crisper and smoother switching and knowing when to switch and and just kind of being a little bit better in, in that regard. And sometimes last season he kind of got lost here and there, but he'll he's definitely a defensive first guy and I hope that his he, he can get his three-point shot to be a little bit more reliable. Uh, I have faith. I like the way his shot looks. And I think it can fall and, and be a little bit better. So I, I think a little bit better three-point shooting and a little bit crisper defense. I, I love all this talk of incremental progress. Uh, it's very Kaizen. And, uh, very Kaizen. I would have to agree. I think he's like, in summer league, we saw him just be more aggressive offensively. And I think uh, for the role he's going to play in the NBA, that's going to mean 
shooting and catch and shoot threes, as you said. Uh, the one thing I would worry about, not really worry, but like it might stunt his growth, is that with Gordon Hayward returning, I feel like he's going to have maybe a smaller role. He's still a very good defensive player. I mean, there's a reason he played and started against um, Giannis and went up against uh, Ben Simmons and LeBron a few times in the playoffs. Like, he's a very solid defensive wing, um, so... Maybe he's thrown in there more on, on the defensive end and then just needs to shoot his way to stay on the court. But um, there's no reason he can't I- improve. I just don't know if he's going to have the biggest, uh, just the biggest opportunity with how many talented players the Celtics have uh, ahead of him on the roster. Well, the one thing I will say is that I expect in the first part of the season that Brad Stevens will look at the depth that the Celtics have and use it as an opportunity to keep minutes to a minimum, if if the, if Hayward and, and Kyrie can kind of pick up where they left off chemistry-wise, people might might forget that going into the season last year that they were starting to really hit on their chemistry. Oh man, those preseason highlights were some of the coolest, coolest, most erotic basketball footage I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. So if they can kind of pick up where they left off, and then also factor in that Jason Tatum is a lot better now than he was back then. Uh, he's he's making big steps forward. So. I'm sure that Brad Stevens will notoriously use the first couple of months of the season to maybe experiment with different things and also keep keep guys minutes down, keep minutes down into like the 30, 31, like very low for especially for players of, of the caliber of Kyrie and Hayward. So there might be opportunities there for Ojale to to kind of get minutes in that regard. And then we also have to keep in mind that if this team is as good as we think there might be a lot of fourth quarter minutes for Ojale to kind of step in when the lead is 15 or 20, that there might be a, a few more opportunities. Hopefully this team learns how to keep a lead, but there might be some opportunities in fourth quarters for Shemi Ojale to, to, to get it some extra minutes against second units that way too. I like that confidence. Um, but this team has <laughs> shown to be a blowout averse, but I'll, yeah, no, uh, more Geno time, the better. But uh, you're right. I, th- I think the Brad experimenting with lineups is uh, definitely benefits Semi. Like Semi's going to play some minutes at the two and probably a lot of minutes at the five. His switchability is versatility, but also I feel like the first half of every season is just like, eh, man, Brad's just going to throw out some lineups and see what works and try some different things. And so it's just all like data collection for him. So. Yep. Semi will get his chance. So they're always like every Celtics player is like going to get their chance. It's just about how they kind of execute uh, in that moment. So hopefully uh, Semi has some sort of role because uh, he's one of my favorite Celtics. Nice guy. I agree. All right. Um, <laughs> the the there's a reigning Jay's question about moving Mook to stay under the tax, but I just. I, I just don't think it's necessary at this point. I think we've already answered this question. Uh, do you think this is something like, I feel like they're headed into this season with championship expectations. Like there's no reason to, to trade a piece just to save money. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence about this. I agree with that notion that trading Morris just to save money might not sound very good, especially when your main competition is, at this point, is the Toronto Raptors in the East with a vastly improved team, assuming Kawhi Leonard is 100% and playing. And the competition in the finals, assuming the Celtics 
do get to the finals is the Warriors, and you need as many competent players as you can to throw at the Warriors. So not having Marcus Morris in that situation seems a little silly. The only thing I would say is if for some reason in the first couple of months a guy like Ojale does show better than expected improvement or if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are so good that you have five very, very, very good players playing at a high level that you can stagger a lot of these guys and you feel good about having that and and trading Marcus Morris away is actually a way to allow the talent that you have to play more minutes, then I, I think there's there is some justification for that. But uh, I'm I'm not saying that they should go out and just trade Morris for just to save money now. I think they're going to see how the team looks and if anybody else is going to be able to step up and give us what Morris can do. And then if they find that Morris is tradable without a drop-off in overall talent, they might do it. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to wait, and you're right. It's going to be a wait-and-see move. Also, um, the question was from at GF Morris was asking who they could be swapped. Morris could be swapped for that wouldn't be like, what's who's a player they could get back? Um, this is my very loose understanding of the tax and the cap, but I think they're about $3.5 million over the tax. Mook makes about $5 million. So they'd have to trade him for a player who's probably making the veteran minimum, and they're going to wait for all those like those players to get signed. And so it's going to be at least some, like, I'm pretty sure the tax doesn't kick in until it's like you're ending a salary. So yeah. they have until the trade deadline to um, to kind of do something like that if they want to do it. So why not just see how it's going? And if there's an opportunity to do it, um, sure, why not? Like, yeah. s- it's their it's their money. They can they can do what they want. But if Semi steps up, yeah, it's like a good reason. Or if like I don't know, there's there's no reason to rush into that just because it's an it's an option available to them. I agree. The only thing I will add is I don't think Marcus Morris gets traded for a player at all. If you do trade Marcus Morris, you're trading him just to free up that money so you can stay that much, one point five million or whatever the actual number works out to be under the tax. So you could then use that money in case a buyout comes along, in case you want to give Jabari Bird that 15th spot or something like that. I don't think they're making a trade to, for Marcus Morris to add anybody. He's going away for nothing if he goes away at all. Well, there you go. And then that's our final Rain Jays question. Only one raining junk question. This is from Juice and Taco J at Smurfy Smurf. <laughs> Oh, man, that guy's got it going on right now. Um, I swear to God that's not a burner account for me, but I wish it was. Uh, <laughs> who has the most combat muscles on the Celtics? Well, I mean, you gotta go. You got to go with Ojale, I think. He's I mean, strong. He is cut. Um, in terms of bigger. Combat, I would take Marcus Smart, but combat muscles, it's Ojale. He's be, he literally, the, the muscle factory, the Ojale factory is named after him. It's got to be him. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking at all of the guys that are in that, in the factory. Like, Marcus Smart has, like, he's crazy. He's crazy, but he's not jacked. If, no, in if fact, we want him to be smaller. Smart. We want Marcus Smart to become more compact. <laughs> we need exactly. lean. We need now, lean Marcus Smart. If Shemi Ojale had Marcus Smart's brain, holy shit. 
like the thing with Shemi Ojale, he's just such a nice God fearing young man. Like he's, he doesn't have that like thing that Marcus Smart has where he'll just, <laughs> not many people have the, the thing that Marcus Smart has. That's a special very thing. Few people do very few people do, but yeah, Ojale, Ojale is a big boy. Uh, Yabu is a big boy too. I mean, he's, he's, he's not as defined as... Yeah, I don't know if that's muscles, though. I don't know if that's combo muscles. Yabu is thick, but he was the talk of summer he's, league. I don't know, man. You look at you look at the the, the arms on on Yabu. He's like I said, not as defined as Shemi, but he he's curling pretty big pretty big dumbbells out there. So, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Shemi because, like you said, it, it, the tiebreaker is always it's the Ojale factory. So he's he's the guy. Also receiving votes, uh, Aaron Baines and Jason Tatum in three years. <laughs> Future Tatum for sure. Yeah, for sure. And hey, look, freaking Jalen Brown's on Instagram, traipsing around Southeast Asia with his shirt off. Looking I mean, good. He knows where the gym is. Jalen you know? Brown's on a world tour, and he's just uh, getting fits off, uh, posing with his shirt off, just becoming an a international celebrity left and right. It's a strong move by uh, Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, I think I think Jalen Brown's abs are winning the summer so far. I would, I'm for it. Yeah, I would I'd strong agree with that one. <laughs> is that it for the questions? That is it for the questions. Final question, because I mentioned at the beginning, Kevin Love, big extension with with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Are you do you think they made the right decision about bringing him back? No, um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I thought Cleveland would go into more of a, a tanking mode. I've heard people say, like, oh, get him on contract, and then you can sign him uh, or trade him later. I don't know. It just kind of felt like – it felt like uh, when Lisa goes over to Nelson's house and says the new, sees the Nuke the Whales poster, it's like, got to nuke something. It felt <laughs> like the, the Cavs were just like, got to pay something, got to pay someone. Um, we'll just use all that money because we're used to be spending this much. I don't know. It just it didn't make sense to me. I thought they would be trying to – Probably unload him and kind of go young, try to get draft picks because I don't, I don't see the sense of signing him long term. Yeah, I mean, look, it, they they can ultimately trade him if they need to. It's it, it's a big contract, but it's certainly not untradeable, and he could go to another team that's looking for a second or third star, reprise his Cleveland type role. But look, if they can get anything back that's uh, anything out of him that's kind of Minnesota-ish, then they've got a playoff team. And I don't want to discount the possibility of Dan Gilbert wanting to cash in on some of that playoff money so he can get a little bit of his money back after paying all those taxes. Uh, I will say there's ulterior motive here for bringing up the question. That was a big topic on the Locked On NBA podcast. So go subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. I, along with Sarah Sohi, you know her on Twitter as at Damian Trillard. She joined me for the Wednesday podcast. So go check that out. We talked about Kevin Love and all that other stuff. So subscribe to that. Subscribe to us, Locked On Celtics. Uh, give us that five-star rating. Give us that good review. Share the podcast. Whoa, Jamie, whoa, whoa. Breaking news. The Celtics what? officially announced Walt Lemon Jr. on the two-way. Woo! Scrap it. Erase the podcast. Start over. I think we're right? just going to – I have no analysis of Walt Lemon. Hey, everybody. What? Oh, no, what? Welcome back. Walt Lemon is signed. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, welcome, welcome aboard, Lemon. I'm, I'm sorry I messed off the sign-off, but I just, uh, I got a notification on my phone from Celtics PR right as, uh, right as you were signing off, and I thought the breaking news was going to be way more exciting. But Walt Lemon Jr., officially a Celtics. A Celtic? Well, that means, that means you got to go, uh, to finish the sign-off. Oh, well, I'll, can, I can do it, uh, because you guys should listen to us, subscribe, five stars, that's how we get paid. Uh, we break news to you like the Walt Lemon signing. This has been another episode of the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.